everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast. Uh, I'm joined today by my client slash bestie slash uh, groomer extraordinaire, Helen Gasson. How are you, Helen? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. That's all right, that's all right. So what I've decided to do is do a little mini pricing series. Um, So Helen is obviously here to talk about the grooming side. Um, I'm going to get someone who's a dog walker and a dog boarder um, and everything else in between to do a little series on pricing. It is something that comes up quite regularly in all the groups, whether you're a dog groomer or a dog walker, it is probably, would you say, probably the most talked about topic, I, I think. Guess. In, I think in the pet industry, yes, because I think a lot of people open the businesses blindly um, and just kind of go off a ballpark figure from a price comparison for local groomers, which is the wrong approach. Okay. So you are, do you want to just tell people a little bit about you and what you do and, and what dog grooming salon you've got, just to give people a bit of background? Okay, so I've been um, working with dogs probably all of my life. I was a hairdresser first, but I actually prefer dogs to people. <laughs> I didn't realise you were a hairdresser. <laughs> I'm a fully qualified oh. hairdresser and I was, a, I was a barber for a long time as well, but um, I digress. I have two salons, um, both in the Midlands, uh, have staff. When I started, I was a I was a sole 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 groomer, a lone groomer. Um, but I opened my business with Foresight, and I opened my business as a limited company, which I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, you don't do that. You're, you need to be a sole trader." But I I knew where I wanted to go. I had a very clear direction, so I opened it as a limited company. And now, from where I was to where I am now, I I've had to go VAT registered, um, and. It's been it's been a, it's been a real journey, and I am happy if anybody wants um, some pricing ideas later on to what to incorporate within your pricing strategies. I'm happy to go through a list of things, but it's not as simple as opening up a salon and charging somebody forty five pounds for a cockapoo. Mm. There are other things involved within that room, you know, and you have to factor in. The, the 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 bigger picture so is the dog going to be more difficult and it's going to be challenging and take you longer to groom you need to incorporate that into that so that's a conversation you have to have with that 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 pet owner with that customer that their expectation of a let's use 45 pounds of ballpark figure so you've got an average size cockapoo probably about 15 to 20 kilos and you're going to charge them 45 pounds for a standard basic groom that's not a fusion groom that's not a teddy bear cat that's a basic pet cut and you may or may not incorporate. I incorporate into my guest style groom nail cleaning, uh, nail cleaning, ear cleaning, nail trimming, in a pad shave, um, two baths, a fluff dry, and a clip. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want anything a little bit more fancy, they pay for that. If they want, if there's matting, and it, we we do um, mild, moderate, and, and and bad matting. So that that's dependent on the dog. So it starts at five pound, we'll go up to twenty pound, maybe thirty pound. I have charged somebody over forty pounds for shaving a dog off, plus the cost of the the, the groom because they weren't um, they weren't clear on the, the temperament of the dog mm-hmm. and the condition of the coat. 
Uh, obviously, then you have your add-ons. So you can have an add-on such as uh, we charge now for earpulling. We didn't do that. And originally it was, oh, I'll do that, including my price. And then very quickly realised that vets are charging a lot more money for earpulling. It's the same with teeth cleaning, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I've got clients that are charging 30 quid to do mm. the teeth clean, yep. but the vet charges them 300. Yeah. So why can't you guys charge a lot more? We need to charge accordingly, yeah. and we don't. Because it's an unregulated industry and because pet groom is not seen as um, by the general public as a service industry, <clears throat> because it's not seen as a professional um, a, a professional profession, I suppose, mm. like a plasterer. But, you know, a plaster isn't sticking its hand in a dog's mouth. A plaster isn't, you know, shaving around a dog's gentle area. A plaster isn't dealing with a wall that's jumping around or barking or trying to bite you or pooing on your floor or on your arm or on your yeah. table. And and those things, are go. they should add on to the cost. Anything that takes you longer, you should charge more for. Anything that is more complicated, so if somebody wants a fusion grooming, then you, you charge more for that. If somebody wants hand scissoring rather than a clipping, we get this all the time, I get, you know, some lady will phone up and say, oh, hello, I've got a, you know, I've got a, I don't know, a push on and I, I, I hear that you do hand scissoring. Um, can you tell me, can you do that for me? Yep, we can accommodate you with that. What style would you like? I'd like it to look like a teddy bear. Okay, that's fine. So, and can you tell me how much that's going to be? So, well, it's going to be £20 per hour for the scissoring plus the cost of the cut plus the cost of the prep work and you'll have to bring a dog in three times before I'll actually get to the point where I can scissor your dog. Now, a lot of grooms are going to go, oh, no, but to get a fusion groom, there are days' work of preparation. When you see these competitions... Mm, it's amazing. When, when it I've, seen, I've been mm. to quite a few grooming shows, and I just don't know how you do it. I just don't know how. <laughs> it's prep. You get it's prep. And any good, like will, yeah, any, any good groom will tell you it's all in the preparation. You could be the best scissorer in the world. You could be the best, best groomer in the world. You can do anything you want to do. If you can provide the best cut for that dog... But if you have not got the prep work down, it's it's going to fail. The, the coat is not going to sit right. And you've got to know coat types yeah. as well. But you need to add on your prices accordingly. So could you, you not then include, could you not add, have nail trimming as an add-on rather than including it in the groom? So for, for me personally, in my salon, I've got a lot of regular customers. Most of my regular customers will come for, for a gas style groom. It's what we call a gas style groom. And that's what I mentioned before, nails in a pad shave, two baths, fluff dry, pet trim, and we will clean out the ears. Not in the ear, just around the, the shell and the leather of the ear. Um, and the reason I include that is because as regular customers need to be rewarded for their loyalty. So for me, it's it's almost a bit of a... Like some groups will do a loyalty card. I just include those things in. Right. However, if somebody wants to go in for a nail trim, I don't care if it's a chihuahua or a teacup terrier, doesn't matter. It, if it comes to my salon, it's £15 plus fat to have a nail trim. Everything in my salon is plus fat. So it doesn't matter how small the dog is. I don't care if it's just a dew claw, that's how much I'm going to charge them because yeah. that's what I believe is the value of my appointment time that I'm blocking out for them. So I may only take two seconds to do that one little job, but I've blocked out a 15-minute block. How much do vets charge? Do, do, do vets do nail um, Vets in our area are about £30 plus fat. So, so it's still cheaper, yeah. Yeah, you still yeah. you could probably even increase that. Yeah, we could, and and, and we will offer with that as well. We, you know, we, we put paw balm on. We'll advise the customer if we think you know. We obviously check the the, the paw and if they're a um, 
if the plant debris in between the toes or there's matting, you know, we'll shave out. That's just part, of, that's included in it as far as I'm concerned. But if you brought to me a Doberman and wanted me to eat what the most well-behaved, well-mannered Doberman, I would charge accordingly for the size of that dog. Yeah. So if it's that's going to take me longer or the nails are very overgrown, then I will, I will charge accordingly. Yeah. So how did you come up with your prices then? Because I know obviously I see, you know, and I'm not a dog groomer, so I'm probably going to ask really silly questions, but I see so many people on the groups being like, oh, how much should you charge for this? So how, if if I was to set up a dog grooming salon tomorrow, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, how would I know what to charge? Because I've had people say, well, I can't charge X amount because I live here. Excellent. And they charge yeah. that amount because they live there. Now, And you might disagree with it, you might agree, I don't know, but I, I don't think you should use the area as a, a pricing absolutely tool. not if it's a hundred pound in scotland's 100 pound london's 100 pound in wales absolutely and we see this a lot in the grooming in the grooming world if you were had your i don't know scottish power let's go energy because that's that's a hot topic at the mm. moment if you were going to have your um your power with scottish energy uh and you were living in scotland or living in wales you'd be paying the same price it wouldn't matter if you were living in the most poverty stricken area you'd be paying the same price there's yeah. an expectation of that provider for you to pay accordingly and that expectation should be across the board in 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 dog grooming and it's going to take dog groomers to understand that that has to happen however there is a downfall here and there is um it's actually illegal to price fix and that's something that really annoys me in in you know when you listen to people talking on the grooming platforms, especially on social media, there are a couple of what I call heavy hitters, and they'll say you should do this and put your price up, and you should do that, and then there'll be a conversation that thereafter follows, and you'll maybe get four or five groomers from the same area. Said, "Oh, I'll just put my pricing up." Have to be very, very careful. There's a hefty fine and an even heftier prison sentence for price fixing. It's really, really frowned upon. And if HMRC find out you've done it or anybody else with that legal clout finds that you've done it, they will come down you like a ton of bricks. And there are some, if you want to research it, I won't go into it now, but if you want to research it, there are some really high hitting um, uh, companies that have been fined thousands upon mm. thousands upon thousands of pounds for price fixing. And that's, you know, something we need to be aware of. So how do people do it then? I'm a, I'm a creamer. I'm okay. open my shop tomorrow. Because there might be people listening that go, oh, I've just started and, and, and they're struggling with the pricing. So how, how do people do it? Like, how do you know how much to charge? You need to factor in everything. You need to sit sit down, you need to factor in everything. And that's not easily done, especially if you're just starting out. So, yes, you have to factor in your products and your overheads. You also have to factor, factor in your maintenance, mm-hmm. getting your equipment um, pat tested. So you might need to make sure that your equipment is is, is up to date and um, being tested electrically. electrically. If it's not done, your insurance company is not going to want to pay out for you. And if you have an accident or an incident within the salon with an electrical appliance, the first thing they're going to ask you is if that equipment is mm. tested. So you have to include all of those things in. You should have, if you've got staff, you need to make sure that you're within the, you know, all the parameters of what you're going to be doing legally. Make sure you're giving break time, they've got break areas, you know, all the security that they require to be able to provide your you as an employer the best job that they can that they can do. Then you've got obviously you've got your overheads. You've also got your wear and tear of your um, 
your floor, yeah. your painting, your, your decorating, time. your time. And your time is probably the most costly thing because no nobody in, that is coming to use your services has got any value on the effort you put into your work. No. They don't I mean, care. That, about, that is a problem. They, they, is a it problem. is, it is. They don't care about what you do with little Bobby the dog. They care about what Bobby looks like when he comes out. Mm -hmm. And they care about everything in between when it goes wrong. Otherwise, they don't care what happens to Bobby when he's in your salon. They don't They don't care. And I'm sorry if that upsets dog owners out there because I'm a dog owner, you're a dog owner. But when you take Frank or I take Anushka into my salon, we're not thinking about what happens because we're assuming they're going to be giving that service that we expect. Yeah. That doesn't always happen. So, you know, you've got to factor in um, training. You've got to factor in things like um, your health and safety. You've got to factor in things like um doing uh first aid courses for you if you've got staff needs to be a first aider you've got to have first aid for the animals there are so many different things you have to do i mean um i can't think what it's called now the ico 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 yeah so i just recently found out after being in business for a long time that i need to be ico compliant and i wasn't aware that i had to be I've now paid that. It's not a lot of money. It was like 30 quid for the year, but I'm now ICO compliant. So that needs so there are so many hidden costs. Mm. You know, don't be afraid to speak to somebody that will give you help and support that's already in, in the industry. My opinion is this: if somebody came to me as a new groomer or a new business owner and they wanted some help and support from me, I'm not going to say no because they're going to be my competition. Because you hear that a lot, mm -hmm. because we need to support each other. And if you're confident in your grooms and you're confident in your salon and what your salon provides to your salon to your customer base, then there is no competition because you're going to keep that customer base. There, there's only support. So reach out and ask. Don't be afraid to ask. And I'm happy to, to as I said, I'm happy to give Vicky a list of what I believe are the hidden costs within within grooming that people don't factor in. I think that's in. part of the problem as well. People just pick a figure out of thin air, but don't actually narrow it down as in, right, I need to make X amount of money per month. Yeah. I need to cover X amount of bills personally, all my business bills, yeah. and then work out what average price a dog needs to be in order to hit that. Mm. I think people just go, well, they charge £45 for a cockapoo, so I'm going to charge £45. And you, you, this you is why it. I say don't copy, because no, that person copy. that you're copying could have copied someone else, and everyone's going to have different situations. Yeah. You might copy someone who's really cheap, but they're a millionaire and they're just doing it for a hobby. Yeah. And you're like, well, actually, I'll, I'll just charge 20 quid. Yeah. And that's when you see groomers going out to business really, really quickly. You see people setting up because there's no regulation in our industry. And then you see, you know, Rooms getting really, really badly burnt out or injured, attacked. Um, they have they have repetitive strain injuries or carpal tunnel because they're not using the correct equipment and they don't know what they're doing. That's an extra cost. I mean, one of the things you need to think of is what happens if you're a sole a sole groomer and you're there working on your own. If you have an accident, how, what is your strategy? Mm. How do you then deal with that? If you've got a, a dog oh, right, that wants, dog. To, yeah, wants to attack you and get you in a corner somewhere and you can't move and you don't have your phone in your pocket or you have no way of being able to cry for help, how do you deal with that? What do you do if you get bitten in the hand and you lose the sensation in your fingers? How are you going to... How are you going to cover that with your insurance? I mean, my staff are covered by my insurance. So if they have an injury, they'll get X amount of money per week. But I say that regarding, you know, you've got to have a plan if you want to go on holiday. If you do get sick, 
who's going to yeah. who's going to groom the dogs. I, I recently read a post on Facebook of a groomer that was saying that she'd um, and if you're listening, you know, kudos to you. This isn't a criticism at all. That she had been working for X amount of years. This is the first time she had a holiday. She didn't want to go back, and she asked for advice on this. And, and everybody said the same thing: put your prices up. And you see it all while where people are afraid to go five pound, two pound, fifty p, whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. How much should I put up? We don't know how much you should put up because we don't know where your overheads are. And this is the thing: this, and I, and I say this, and I repeat myself over and over again: you need to know your finances. Yep. You cannot run a business without knowing your finances it doesn't work it literally doesn't work because you're just going to be taking in money spending money you don't know what your business is making a profit and that is why dog groomers and and any pet business go out of business because they don't look after their finances Mm -hmm. it's not because there's 20 other groomers in the same area because there's enough dogs for everyone everyone, especially since covid it has got nothing to do with the client base it is how you run your business and how well you understand your figures absolutely and i say it time and time again Mm -hmm. and And they need you need to factor in as well for the migrational customer base that will go from groomer to groomer to mm-hmm. groomer because they weren't happy because you didn't use the right cologne or because they weren't happy that you um i don't know didn't get fluffy a bow or whatever that's going to be but you, you do need to factor those things in and you know, there are other costs your adverts your, yeah. you know if you do flyers if you do google ads facebook ads you know and time for, for me personally if i could tell if i could tell anybody one really healthy thing as far as running any business let alone grooming business is time is money mm. And we see it a lot where people talk about, you know, shall I get a booking platform? Shall I get an accountant? Shall I get a, a virtual assistant? And I was there, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I had the money, but I didn't have a plethora of money to be able to throw at a, yeah. a virtual assistant or an accountant or whatever else. Um, now it's a very, I have a very different yeah. thought process. Well, to it. You know, I have a good accountant, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, because you know, you're my friend as well. I had a very bad accountant. I thought he was a good accountant. I was highly recommended. He cost me a lot of money, but he cost me an awful lot of my personal time mm-hmm. to sort out the mess that was created from him. So, you know, if you can pay somebody, I don't know, £250 a month to do your accounts for you or do some um, advertising for you, and that frees you up to do one extra dog a day, you're going to be earning an awful lot of money if that dog's going to be between 35 to £55. Exactly. And I was the same. I didn't want to pay out the money either. And then I was trying to do everything. And then obviously I found Charlotte. um, And it did take me a while to sort of let the control side of it go and let her do what she needs to do. And now that's freed up so much of my time that I can then go and do something else. Well, me too. I started using Charlotte, yeah. didn't I, three months ago. And I, I, even though I didn't want to expand my business, my business is, again, rapidly expanding and I'm getting more work because somebody else is doing... I mean, I'm old. I don't want to be doing yeah, social media stuff. Well, I do know how to do it. I do know how to do it, but it'd probably take you 10 seconds. It'd probably take me well, 10 hours. As you so, know, yeah. main technology, Lee's probably listen, main technology do not mix. But, it, but you, you get... You get you get out of the business what you're prepared to put back into the business. You've got to invest in yourself. You've got to invest in yourself. You've got to invest in yourself as far as your training is concerned. You've got to invest in yourself as far as your staff's concerned. Don't be afraid to challenge somebody that you're paying to do a service for you. Just like your customers aren't afraid to challenge you. You need to say, if I'm not happy with something Vicky's doing or I don't understand what she's doing, I will say, oh, you need to explain yeah. that to me. I don't understand why. Yeah. You know, I am not an accountant. Doing figures is not what I do. Prior to having Vicky and Lee on board, um, I used to keep a spreadsheet. I don't do it now because I just do everything. They just do everything for me. I just take pictures of everything. They just do it. I used to have dog, which is amazing. Highly recommend it. Um, but 
I used to keep spreadsheets and then what they would do was it would let me be able to see at the end of every month what my incomings were compared to what my outgoings were and that can actually be really scary because you know dog grooming can be quite seasonal yes you get your regular customers but we all know it's hot outside every cockapoo owner and every poo cross owner is all coming out of the woodwork can you groom freddy for me can you groom luna for me can you groom whoever for me because they're not your regular client base and yes you want to take the money but do you want really want the stress i mean yeah. i don't want to take on dogs that are difficult and even worse i don't want to take on customers that are difficult because 90 percent <laughs> of the time it's not the dog it's the customer yeah. Yeah. so get yourself to a position in your business where you can say actually no yeah. thank you I, I don't want to take you on you know i i sacked a customer last week don't be afraid to have value on what you do yeah. um you know and you'll hear people say well i'm i'm on benefits or i'm on knowledge pensioner you chose to have the dog i'm not going to go and buy a car and not research how much it's going to yeah. cost me to keep the car on the road insure the car put tires on the car etc except the same applies with your dog so you literally need to break down your business and have a a very very clear understanding of what your finance is going to be over a period of a year and then work out what you need to earn to cover that. Then what you need to earn to cover that, should you have to be off sick, if you're if you ill, how will your business run? How will you pay your rent if you're paying rent and your gas, electric, whatever that's going to be? And more importantly, how are you going to factor in time for yourself? Because if you can't be the best version of you, you, you can't be the best version of your business. Yeah. You um touched earlier on that. Yep. Um, I thought it would be quite a good thing just to, to mention because you touched on it. And then there's a you know, there's a lot of people out there that oh I don't want to go back registered I'm going to lose all my clients it's not going to happen I'm going to work and, and you flapped I did I flapped like, like a you, chicken <laughs> you flapped like I've never seen anyone flap before and yep. there was tears tantrums I don't want to do it I don't want to do it I'm going to lose all my customers my, my business is going to die and um, we got you through it we yep. went back registered and how many customers did you lose in total five and how many new customers have you gained since then god knows how many but four of those five have already returned <laughs> <laughs> there you go look it's it's not going to be the same for everyone we can't guarantee that you know everyone's not going to leave you will naturally get some people that leave because they do, they're not yeah. with you because of the service you it, provide. It, they're with yeah. you because of the price. It clearly. is a very bitter pill to swallow because you are becoming back registered because of your hard work, your dedication, the quality of the product you produce, and that should be a celebration. Yeah. And yeah, That's you nice. hit them by, and your customer base needs to understand that that money is not going in your pocket; is going to the that man. I mean, my my I don't mind talking about figures because I will, but um, I have to pay just over three thousand for this first quarter. Um, that's not including what I've had to pay corporation wise. That's just yeah. my, that's just my VAT. So it's not it's not easy, but I can factor that in. I can cover but that's, that. Again, that's not at a cost to you that three no, grand no, no. because you've added that on top of your price. Yeah. So I think people forget that. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose money. You're not gonna, You're lose, gonna lose money. money. Because you're adding that twenty percent on. There are benefits to it. Yeah, and all you're doing is taking that twenty percent, put it in a separate pot. Mm. So when you do get your VAT, you can go there, you go there, your VAT. So you're yep. still getting your price that you'd normally have got before you went VAT registered. Yeah. But now you've just got to add that twenty percent on and give that back. It's people do get scared, and I, and I go through it a lot. I mean, I flapped. I didn't even. Well, yours was quite recent as well. Well, yeah, mine. Yeah, we new. went VAT registered in July. And it was only sort of the end of June that I looked at my own figures after chatting to Lee. And I was like, oh, I think I should probably look at my own. It's like, oh, it's, it's always the same. So I'm the last one to look at my own figures. Um, and I was like, shit. Mm. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Um, and, I'd, yeah, I'd gone past it. 
Um, and I flapped like a good one, yeah. um, panicked. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm like the client I tell off of flapping. Um, and I think I lost two customers, maybe three. And how many have you gained? Again, I, I lose track. But I mean, the one thing you can't do, um, and I have seen people, especially on um, social media, give advice to, you know, char- make sure you charge customer base, but then they absorb it. Do not absorb oh God, the cost. Don't. Do not absorb the cost. You know, and there are, there are options with VAT registration. You can you can do your 12%, you can do your 20%, but obviously there, there are advantages yeah. and disadvantages to both. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. You need to be able to enjoy your job. If you're working your fingers to the bone because you're having to make sure you've got enough money to feed your family, pay your bills, then you're you're not charging correctly. That's not the way it works. The guy that or the people that own pets at home, dare I say their names out loud, um, they they have the, the, the grooming salons within pets at home. They don't go to bed at night and worry about what they're paying no. because they charge extortion amount of money and they charge for their add-ons. So you have to work that out. You have to work out what works for you. Now I don't charge an awful lot of money for my regular customers for teeth cleaning. Um, I just charge 15 pound plus that doesn't take long because those customers are regular. So I don't, but when they come to me for um, a package and they're from a, a new customer, they pay an awful lot of money up front for X amount of teeth cleans to get them to where we need to be a 15 pound plus that. Yeah. I think it's it, I think it's a confidence thing. And it's not just a case of I'll just whack your prices up mm-hmm. and work it and get ten extra dogs in a day. Yes, yeah. that's gonna make you extra money per month, but you're not gonna be you're not gonna be in the right frame of mind to spend it because you're absolutely busy. Yeah, you, it, you know, it, it it's not rocket science in that to make more money you will have to put your prices up. Mm. And I always say you need to look at your expenses every six months and you should be putting your prices up every six months. Yes, absolutely. Because otherwise your business is just going to stay in the same. If, you, if, if you start as you mean to go on as a new business, if you start as you mean to go on, you're going to have a price increase every six months. Your customer base will expect that price increase every six months. If you're a groomer that's not done that because you've not been given good advice or you've been afraid to take that leap of faith, then when you when you introduce that to your client base, they're going to go, mm, and they're going to grumble. But if you already have that set into your contracts that there will be price increases and you don't have to notify your client base or there will be price increases and you are going to notify your client base, then you need to do that. You know, the cost of living has gone through the roof. And just to run your dryers and your salons alone at the moment is, is horrendous. And it's going to go back up in October. Yeah. So, you know, people need to think about, oh, well, I'm going to have to increase my prices again in October. Yep. Because the heating bill is going to go up. And, you know, and it, especially for, for, for inner cities, if if the government's proposal to go dark, which is the big topic at the moment, um, appears of time, how's that going to affect groomers? You're not going to be earning. Exactly. You've got no electric to use dryers, and how are you going to justify that? Where do we sit within that? And they are the things you need to make sure you've got that bit of extra cash. Yeah, you've got to have that bit of extra cash. I broke my ankle in 2019 in three places, had a vertical fracture, and I was off my feet from August until December. I probably went back in December a little bit too soon, but I went back. Because I've got <clears throat> a good insurance policy, I was being paid every single week by my insurance policy. So I could cover it. Yeah, well. you've got to get good protection. You need to cover yourself, protect yourself, and, and your staff if you have them. If anyone is thinking about income protection insurance, um, I did do a podcast recently with uh, Laura, who is a financial advisor. Um, please, please, please only take financial advice off people who are qualified to give it. I yeah. cannot stress that enough. 
please do your research and, and listen to people who yeah. know what they're talking about. Yeah. Please do not take financial advice, whether it be accounting, pensions, mortgages, or whatever, loans, payroll. payroll. Just please, if if you take anything away from today, Helen's been burned from it. Um, just don't take, burned, yeah, do burned. not take financial advice of anyone that is not qualified. And don't be afraid to ask to see the credentials either. Because if you do that and it goes wrong and you then go back and complain to whoever gave you that advice, who cares? I, do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. going to care. Yeah. And in, you're not going to have a leg to stand on because you've taken it off someone that isn't qualified. Yeah. So please, please, please just make sure that you're taking the right advice off people, especially if it's social media. Yeah. Um, and don't listen to, oh, but my pal says I've got this much money back. Or, or my auntie may have said, oh, you know, that. my neighbour said that you can mm-hmm. claim. Uh, ask, from ask, you, yeah, ask, ask advice you can ask advice of anybody you want to of anything but you take that advice on board and then you make an educated decision based on that along with the qualified advice of the right person for that topic yeah that's the most important thing you know don't not ask questions of people but make sure that you are making an informed decision for the right reasons, not yeah. the wrong ones, and only have the right advice of the qualified person for that topic. I mean, I don't go to you for payroll. I go to Lee for payroll. Yeah, well, because I, I don't do it. You I don't do d- payroll. You were like, no, thank it. you. Not interested. Like, I don't do it, so I, I don't pretend to know about it. And it's not expensive that people think it is either. No, it's not. it isn't. Um, but again, I if, if I don't know something, if a client asks me a question and I don't know the answer, I will say to them either, I don't know that answer, I'll I will go you. and find out, yeah. or I'll say, Lee will know that, that's more his expertise, and I'll pass them on to Lee. Mm. I'm not going to sit there and try and blag my way out, blag an answer, because it's just not who I am. If I don't know the answer, I'll say, I don't know. And I've said it to you, you find me a couple of times, I've gone... Yeah. If you're talking to me about payroll, don't. I, you know, I, I haven't got a clue. I will give it to Lee. Yeah. At some point, I will be doing payroll. Kill me. But um, right now... I wish you could have all seen the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, Helen is actually sat next to you. I am actually this. in her lounge. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing an impromptu podcast uh, today. Uh, right, okay. So before we end, what would be your top three tips for any... I say new dog grooming any, business, anybody. but just anybody, what would be your top three tips from what you've learned in business? Most importantly and, and fundamentally, time is money. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are not affording yourself enough time because you're using your time to do blanket text messages to remind us to customers or emails, whatever, that's money. You don't need to be sat in your house of an evening or on a Sunday afternoon just after you've done the dinner, sending out messages, get a platform to do that for you get an accountant to do those things for you you know a good accountant will give you access to spreadsheets to do things like you know i know i drive i travel from salon to salon so i can claim that yeah but rather than me try and do that vicky's like there you go have that it'll do it for you and that's what happens having having that extra time to do either groom more dogs or just get some downtime is really important so time is money secondly make sure you if you're not using an accountant yet get an accountant if you're not going to get an accountant I didn't know you didn't know in all fairness before I had you I had an accountant he was just a really bad accountant so it's not that I'm I'm not trying to sell accountancy because I'm because of Vicky I I genuinely believe that you should have an accountant if you're not going to have an accountant because you're just setting up and you don't want you've not found the right one for you yet because you know not every accountant fits everybody's business then you know get yourself a good spreadsheet and make sure you're doing your incomings and your outgoings 
every single week at the very latest. Don't leave it to the last minute. Um, and I would say if whatever you spend, keep your receipt, take a photograph of it and make sure you've got them in date order. Because <laughs> when the tax man comes and knocking, you'll be running for the hills. Third tip. Third tip is you, if you're going to invest in yourself, invest in yourself in the right way and make sure that you use the best tools for your job. Don't be afraid to pay. I mean, I'm not saying go out and buy a Chris Christian bloody sticker brush because they're, you know, they're expensive, but, you know, ask questions within the grooming circles, have grooming friends, or you can, you know, you can cross-reference your tools because you're only as good as your training and the equipment you're using at the time. And if you've got good equipment and you've got good up-to-date training, you know, don't think just because you've been grooming for 30 years that you know everything because you don't. I'm learning stuff every single day and I'm learning stuff as a business owner and also as a groomer. So, you know, make sure that you have the right tools for the job. And if you don't know, then find out. Yeah. Find out. Perfect. Well, they have it uh, from the lovely Helen. So if you are um, a dog groomer or you're just starting out, I really hope that's helped. Um, you can take a bit away from that. Um, and like I said, I will be doing a little mini pricing series um, and we will get um, a probably dog walker next uh, to come on and talk about pricing because obviously every area is slightly different. Um, but yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sure Helen will feature on many more podcasts. <laughs> so I can't get her to shut up. Under duress. Yeah, under duress, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, any questions from it? Helen's also in the group. Um, or if you've got any questions from what we've discussed, or if you disagree with anything we've said and you want to come on and have a chat oh, about like it, a challenge, like then, a challenge. you know, we, we could always have like a little conference of people. Yeah, um, well, it's good because, like I said, you, you learn new things every day. And if they've got a good a top tip, then please share it. I'm happy to listen to it. I'm yeah. sure Vicky is as well. So, anyone wants to pop on and have a chat about anything, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you again uh, in a couple of weeks for the next one. I'll write one. that list of hidden costs. Yeah, and um, I'll put the link, um, I'll put Helen's email address on there if you want to bend her ear for anything. Um, but yes, okay, fabulous. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And I will see you again soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.